Welcome to Leveling Up the Podcast with Alethea Tucker. I'm so happy that you're listening today. My goal is to bring something new, something promising. I plan to bring conversation, resources, and wisdom around the things that are holding us back from going for our best. We'll talk about everyday life and careers. I'll bring us dialogue designed to dig deep and identify our passions. We'll talk about the limits that you need to let go of and the promise that you need to grab a hold of. I'll interview women who bring valuable insight to the table. We'll have opportunities for Q&A and we'll talk resources to help along the way. There are levels to this and we'll hit them all starting at the ground floor. We all have dreams and now is our time to level up. Ground floor. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, and both of my grandparents owned corner stores that I frequently visited. On any given day, I could be at either store. What I remember most about the store that my paternal grandmother owned is that it was directly across a field. Her house was directly across the field from the store. The store was directly across the field from the house, either way that you want to look at it. So it was very easy to quickly maneuver transporting between the two. I knew this and I frequently wanted to just leave the store and run to the house or vice versa. And I wanted to go across the field. However, in order to go across the field, you were connected or the bridge between the field and the store was a ditch, a ditch that was covered by a huge piece of wood. So in order to quickly get across the field, you would need to maneuver going across that wood and not falling into that ditch, then crossing the field and getting to the house. It was still a very quick trip and it was one that I frequently wanted to make, but my grandmother wouldn't let me cross the ditch. She would always say, if you're getting ready to go to the house or if you're getting ready to go to the store, I want you to go around the road, which was just simply around the road, like she said, and literally a quick left into either the store or quick left into the house. I couldn't understand for the life of me why she wouldn't let me cross that ditch. It would be so much quicker, so much easier I could get to the house and quickly get back to the store to catch whatever show I wanted to watch after school. I remember the day when she told me I could cross the ditch, and go across the field. Oh, the joy I felt being able to just quickly zip across that piece of wood, get in the field, get to the house to grab whatever I needed to get out of the refrigerator, get back across and sit back in the store right next to the candy bar and watch my favorite show. I looked up and I said, Granny, why didn't you let me cross the ditch all these years before? And she told me, she said, I waited until you were old enough. I waited until I knew you were able to maneuver across that wood and not fall in the ditch and meet up with rats or snakes or whatever else may have been waiting for me there. 
I waited until I knew that you could cross the ditch safely and get to the house or to the store. How many of us are ready to cross the ditch, but it's not our time? It's not our time to go that way, to get to where we want to be. We need to wait until we can safely maneuver it, or we need to wait until the resources are there, or we have a venue or a leeway into what it is that we want. But we so desperately want to cross that ditch right now because it's quicker. It pays to wait. It pays to do things the safe way. It pays to be sure that whichever direction you take, you can maneuver over it safely and get to where you want to be. Your affirmation. Although one way may seem quicker and easier than another, I will wait my turn. I will wait until it's time to safely maneuver the direction that I need to be, the direction that I need to go in to get the thing that I most want out of life. Main level. Welcome today to Leveling Up the Podcast with Alethea Tucker. We are continuing with what I started over at Reinvent and Rise. I have back with me today, Kavette Minor Kane, who is here during a month of awareness for domestic violence, as well as financial awareness. It's Domestic Violence and Financial Awareness Month, and her journey definitely lends to being able to talk about both of these things. And I'm very happy to have her here with us to share her wisdom, her expertise, and again, just a little bit of her journey to encourage us. She is a financial liberation expert, an ambassador for self-worth and gratitude, and a proponent for women's empowerment. She guides women on their journey to self-sufficiency by educating them to take back their financial power and supporting them in gaining the confidence to fulfill their purpose in life. As CEO and founder of Marimore Life LLC, her mission is to elevate women worldwide to a greater quality of life. As an educator, public speaker, and an author, she shares her message of financial liberation through a transformational process, which incorporates emotional, mental well-being with improved financial habits for continued success. Welcome, Kavette. I'm very happy to have you today. Thank you so much, Olivia. It's a pleasure to be here and you're absolutely fabulous for doing this. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You guys have heard Kavette actually, um, you know, even before Reinvent and Rise, she was here on the podcast before. She was one of the authors from Reinvented to Rise, the anthology that we did about a year or so ago. Uh, now. And um, if you have not heard her journey, you'll get to hear a little bit about it here today. Um, so again, I'm thrilled just to have her back. I love talking to her and I've loved working with her and I love the bond that we've created or that, you know, the, we've been able to foster 
based on our, you know, meeting one another for that anthology last year. So again, I'm just happy to have you for that. <laughs> oh, thank you so thank much. You. It's a pleasure for me to be here. It's an honor to be uh, invited to to participate in the anthology and absolutely a privilege to be able to share my story through that book. Um, I've also have been built up so much and poured into through the stories of the other women who have shared their you know, uh, victories and how they were able to overcome the challenges that they experienced in life. And it's just been a fabulous journey being able to get to this point and, and even growing you know, beyond my expectations. Yes, yes. And you have been, you know, I've been in communication. I know that you have really been doing so much with the book and you've got your own book now, but I don't, I don't want to jump ahead. Let me, let me back up, not get too excited here. Now, I want you to share with us a little, uh, Kavet, you know, and this definitely kind of taps into Reinvented to Rise. I want mm -hmm. you to share a little of your journey with us and why these, you know, why, how finances and all of this got to be a part of your life and why uh, Domestic Violence Awareness Month is important to you as well. Yeah, Share with us I, um, I started in finance long, long ago. <laughs> so my dad was an entrepreneur and I knew that I always wanted to be an entrepreneur as a kid, you know, growing up. And um, so I figured, well, what do I need to know in order to run my business successfully? I knew that most businesses failed because of mismanagement of money. And so I needed to be a money manager. And so I studied finance and I got my degree from Morgan State University. Yay! <laughs> and uh, and um, so I was able to, to lay the foundation um, with that. Now, recently, I have also added on a certification in financial education instruction. And that's so that I'm able to, you know, teach more uh, where financial education and financial literacy are concerned because they are absolutely fundamental. Mm -hmm. um, and so I started off uh, long ago there and then, you know, life just took its twists and turns. Um, I made some really poor decisions um, and I made some good decisions, you know, too, but just um, the, the conjunction of the two of them, you know, as like, you know, we wind along that road and the journey, I hit a couple of detours and this and that. And so um, where I came to to really recognize my reinvention was through um, the understanding of a healing process. So I had to sit down. I had gotten to a point in my life where I literally had nothing. I had no money, no bank account. I had no job. Um, I had no home. I had no transportation. Um, and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. Well, how I got to that point is that I survived three major traumas in less than two years. So the first was that I survived Hurricane Maria while living in Puerto Rico. I was there for about six years and um, never expected the that storm to be as devastating as it was. But it wasn't just the the terror of the storm, because being in a storm like that was absolutely horrible. But then the devastation afterwards and, and having to, to live the aftermath of the destruction um, that existed. And um, I went literally within six, 36 hours from having, you know, my regular, normal, everyday life to having absolutely nothing. Mm. We went for, it felt like about a month with no water, no running water. 
Um, it was definitely four, more than four months with no electricity because I calculated that time. <laughs> um, and then we also, um, I ate from a box for a whole year, you know, not being able to have food, you know, from the grocery store. There was a lot of scarcity, um, even having challenges with our, you know, car because, um, you know, gas lines were, were terrible and every car was damaged. When you have water coming in at 176 miles an hour, there's nothing that doesn't take it in, you yeah. know, so the cars took on water, the houses took on water, the people took on water, everything took on water, mm -hmm. you know, and so it was just getting through um, that devastation, which really shifted my mindset because it, it, it also on the positive side, wiped the slate clean for everyone. Mm. So mm. You know, on one hand, while it was majorly devastating, it was also a fresh start. You know, and it was amazing for me because I had prayed for that. I didn't know that was how it was going to come. <laughs> wow. But yeah, but I had prayed for being able to to just get a fresh start. I needed a level place to start. I could feel like I was gaining traction. Up until mm -hmm. that point, I felt like a hamster on a wheel, just kind of, you know, in the day's perfunctory actions, you know, mm -hmm. it just was not making any progress for me. And I was not very happy with that. So after surviving the storm, um, you know, I get to uh, about a year later and my father passed away in December of 2018. And the storm happened in September of uh, 2017. And so mm -hmm. in December of 2018, I heard about my father passing away and had to come back to the States to support my sister in handling his final affairs. And um, I didn't have a close relationship with my dad. Um, right before he passed away, I had had the thought that I might start to have a closer relationship with my dad. And then now it's devastated because that option no longer existed. Mm. You know, so dealing with that grief, um, mm. um, you know, on top of grief. Um, and then coming here and not having anything financially because I was literally, I was financially devastated. Yes. You know, I had no money. I had no job. I had no, no nothing. I literally got off the plane with my bags and a little bit of change that I had left from a meal that I ate in the airport, you know, and I had to kind of figure out what was going on. Now, the smart thing I did was I started um, a home-based business. And so thankfully, even in Puerto Rico, coming to the United States, I was still able to carry over that, that home-based business. And I do continue with that today. Uh, folks can go to the rewards through the community on my website and be able to take advantage of some of the benefits that I have through that home-based business as well. Mm -hmm. and, um, so then the third thing was that while I was handling my father's final affairs, you know, um, managing, dissolving his businesses. He had two businesses that he um, was operating, um, managing, preparing his property for sale, you know, so that my sister and I could handle his uh, estate and preserve, an, you know, a little inheritance at least. You know, it's, it's um, on average that in a Black family, we pass on about, you know, at a, 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 an average of $10,000 as an inheritance. Wow. If there's anything. Mm -hmm. And um, thankfully, we were able to preserve something, you know, so that was a blessing that actually helped me to survive through COVID when everything shut down. Um, but before COVID, <laughs> these three yeah. traumas, um, while I was handling my father's final affairs in April of 2019, my ex-husband told me not to come home. Mm. And that was devastating. 
because I was like, but everything I'm doing right now, you know, and trying to preserve this inheritance, I felt like that would give us a foundation as a family to now reset, restart and grow, you know, with the goals and the dreams that we had talked about and shared for so long. And that was devastating to me. You know, so I and that's what I talk about in the book, Reinvented to Rise. I talk about, you know, and I open up my story with the moment um, and reliving the the occurrence of that event, you know, having that phone call, um, recognizing in the instant that my life has just changed and I got to figure out what am I going to do to survive? Yes. You know, yes. and how am I going to get from a point of just being in survival mode to actually thriving? You know, because we can't live in survival mode, y'all. You know, a lot of people hold on to that survival mode for way too long and they deteriorate themselves into not surviving, you know. And so we've got to get to a point where, yeah, we know how to survive, but then we can get to the place where we're thriving because we put our our, our um, principles into action. We have established a firm foundation. And, and for me, it was understanding mindset first and then how to manage my money. Because I knew that I had made poor decisions. How did I know I made poor decisions? Because I'm dead broke. It was owning that, that was significant because it was only in taking responsibility for the poor decisions that I had previously made that I could now identify where I was, set new goals and take responsibility for accomplishing those goals. You know, and that has, is what has made the difference in my life, even over just the past few years. And I've been able to do that exactly to to reestablish that foundation. And I'm so it's like when I think about it now, I have to smile and I'm so excited because I can see myself accomplishing my goals. You know, mm -hmm. I have wealth to pass down to my children. You know, I've got two boys. They're 19 and 25 at this time. And and they're, you know, I call them boys, but they're men. Right, <laughs> right. Mean, Support them and being able to have that foundation to stand up on that I didn't have. Yes. And, and that when they have children, my grandchildren will not have to struggle and suffer the way that we did in poverty. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Wow. That journey right there. I mean, like you said, three traumatic events and they were back to back. Yes, ma'am. And, you know, we talk about reinventing and rising. I mean, there is no firmer story than that one right there coming from the ashes and, you yeah. know, just coming out and like you said, building something um, that you can now say is a strong foundation. Yeah. You know, and we often talk about, I often talk about nothing being wasted in your journey. Mm -hmm. And I know that those were some really, really hard times. But even, you know, in the midst of that horrible, you know, storm when you were in Puerto Rico, you said, but it gave you a clean slate. Yeah. It washed away so much and gave you a clean slate. And you see, that's what I'm talking about when I say you have to be able to look and pull out the lessons that you get, even out of those traumatic, out of the traumatic situations, you yeah. know? 
And that's it's exactly. become blessings. Yeah. If you're able to, and, and the, the focus for me has been to, to take what I've learned and to pass it on to other people. That is where wisdom is gained. When mm -hmm. someone else can learn from my experience and not have to have the hard experience themselves. Mm -hmm. they, oh, you know what? That's what she did. Well, I'm not going to do that. You right. Know, they may make their own mistakes, but they won't repeat mine. And that's like we're able to contribute to one another and benefit ourselves to, to be raised up. You know, yeah. there's a saying that a rising tide lifts all boats. Yes. And that starts huh. with our knowledge and our understanding and the wisdom that we're able to, to not only gain from our experiences, but also to share with one another. Right. I focus in on attempting to do as much as possible. Right, right. Oh, I love that. I love how you said they may make their own mistakes, but they won't repeat mine. I like that. that that's that's quotable. Yeah, so right. me. Absolutely. <laughs> to put that out there. I love that one. <laughs> I, do. I do. So share with us a bit. Um, you know, we talked about financial uh, awareness and what would you what would you tell a woman right now they need to do if you could just give them something quickly that they needed to do to make sure that they have their finances in place or let's let's do something even better it's tax month what do they need to do you know as far as taxes are concerned what are some tips you have around that Okay. Well, definitely in that arena, you need to speak with a professional. Yes. You know, talk to someone, find a financial advisor. Um, I'm working on my tax certification, so I'll be able to give a strategy and advice to my clients on an individual basis for that, for not only their personal, but also for their businesses. Um, but, you know, it, that's the number one advice is to be able to speak with someone about your specific circumstances, understanding what the laws are that apply to you, um, what are the available deductions? How should you be saving in order to pay what you owe and making sure that you're not paying more than you owe? Absolutely. We all have yeah. to pay taxes, but we don't always have to owe them in terms of, you know, at the end of the year. Now there's this big bill. We, that shouldn't happen to us because we're planning in the process. And so those are the two things that I would recommend for people to do. Um, the first thing you said, um, you know, for someone who is just starting or just trying to get themselves to a, a level place, first thing is to do a budget. Mm -hmm. The second thing is to, to dream and create a plan. And I say to dream because oftentimes when you come from a place of depression, when you come from a place of trauma, when you come from a place of just living in shock and awe, you know, those experiences, you give up dreaming. Your, your brain kind of blocks off that, that space in your head. Yeah. And so for us to, to become conscious of our dreaming again allows us to now imagine. And from our imagination is where we manifest the reality that we dream about. Yeah. You know, talk about creating the reality of your dreams. It's only once you have identified what your dream is. What do you really want to do? You know, because when you really identify what you want to do, like we talked about um, on your uh, podcast about women uh, and, and, you know, being able to establish their retirement or to determine what they want to do for retirement. Yeah. It's about having a dream. You know, it's when you have that dream, then that's where your passion is going to, to lead you. That's where you're going to be driven. That's where you'll be motivated. And so even when things get tough, you will continue to, to push yourself forward. You will continue to make progress and be productive 
because of the passion that exists there. You know, I've run into what seemed like brick walls, you know, many times on this journey. Mm -hmm. And I've had to take a moment at times to just kind of sit down and breathe. (laughs) That's my breath, you know. Mm -hmm. Then once I'm done that, because I have a plan in place, because I know what my big picture looks like, because I know what my dream is, I'm just going to keep moving forward. Yes. And, And I... In doing that, I allow myself to see the opportunities that exist right in front of me. You know, oftentimes because we're not looking, because we haven't put that that picture, that dream into perspective, our opportunities could be dangling right in front of our face and we wouldn't even see it because mm-hmm. it's not our focus. We're looking around, you know, here and there. Right, right. But it's right there. And so when we're conscious, then we can see it and we can take advantage of the opportunities that come to us. And so that's the key right there is making sure that they've got first that budget so that they know what their cash flow looks like. And that is just the expenses and the income. If you don't have enough income, then it's figuring out a way to create more. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that for me has been a relentless effort. You know, when I did not have anything, I had to be resourceful. I had to find ways to make money. Um, I used my talents. I used my gifts. So mm-hmm. I had a cleaning business after um, Hurricane Maria. I had a, a veggie food delivery service before the storm. And I actually was able to develop a cleaning business after the storm. Um, everything mm-hmm. needed to be cleaned up. Yes. <laughs> so, hey, you know, I went to go clean. Right. And I made money, you know, and I enjoyed it because for me, cleaning is therapeutic. Um, and so I really enjoyed that. And my clients were, you know, very impressed with me and, and loved the work that I did. So they paid me well for that, mm-hmm. you know, and I was able to take those skills from, you know, building my business in Puerto Rico, even when I came to the States to be able to make connections. And because I was looking, because I had my eyes open, because I was asking for the opportunities and then seeing where they would come from, when those opportunities presented themselves, I was able to take advantage of them. And so when I met a woman who owned a cleaning company, I actually um, found it, there was an event and I was a makeup artist at the time and I was trying to find work for makeup artistry. Mm-hmm. I um, made an arrangement to work for her organization and I did their makeup for the day. It was a, a special anniversary event that they had. So I got that um, that job and I actually initially was giving back and then I had clients who paid me because of the work that I did. They were impressed and they were like, oh, I really love your makeup artistry. Can you do my face too? <laughs> you know? And so I was able to do that. Um, but then they owned a cleaning company and she loved my work and my enthusiasm, my, my positive attitude about you know how I went about doing my work. And she hired me to work as a contractor with her, her cleaning company. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to, to use that income to create the foundation that I needed to buy food, to buy gas, to save up money, you know, to for my basic expenses, to find a place to live, um, and to be able to to care for myself. And it was just about making ends meet initially, right. just about making ends meet, living right. as simply as I possibly could. I wasn't extravagant, but I was very clear on the quality of life that I wanted to have. And so I was very specific about where I chose to live and how much that was going to cost me. And when I figured all that out, I was like, you know what? I just have to do it. And I have to figure out how am I going to make this happen? And and as I focused in on what I needed to create, the opportunities just came to me, you know, and and it's not just me. That's what happens when you put Mm -hmm. yourself out there to accomplish a goal. The universe will work with you. You know, those opportunities will arise. And but we have to be willing to do the work. 
If we're not willing to do the work, then we won't have anything. There's no Absolutely. risk. Absolutely. Wow. You know, I'm listening. I'm listening to you. And this podcast, we definitely talk about tools to level up, to get to the next level. And let me tell you, if you have told us nothing else today, and you've told us a lot, you've definitely demonstrated the importance of having multiple streams of income. You yes. just told me at least two or three things that you've done. <laughs> and, and simultaneously. And yes. simultaneously, yes. you know? So, you know, people out there who are thinking, you know, you have to focus in one area and do one thing that, yeah, I've said it before, and, you know, Kavet has just verified that for us. You need to have a few different things that you can make money doing. It's a great, it's a backup for you, you know? And if you're anything like me and you're not single focused, doing more than one thing is like a plan for me because it allows me to be creative. And it's amazing how frequently you can merge one thing with the other and produce something that's going to benefit somebody. Absolutely. And I love what you said there. And, you know, it, it is absolutely about having focus. That was one yes. thing I did have to kind of hone in on myself <clears throat> when I first started my business was understanding, you know, my business is not going to be here and there and everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so I did have to um, create and identify what is the focus of my business. And then from that perspective, identify what are the now streams of income that would come to it. So mm-hmm. I look at it. And when I um, when I coach my clients in the mindset coaching sessions and giving you all this for free, <laughs> letting them know that, you know, the perspective is to to see whatever your major project is or your personal business or your career as the ocean. Yeah. And everything else that you want to do, you have to find a way to connect to that ocean. So it is literally a stream mm-hmm. the ocean. It's a stream that turns into a river that, you know, comes into the Gulf that comes into yeah. you know, the ocean. Yeah. And so it has to be in some way, shape or form related so that that's where you maintain your focus. Mm-hmm. You know? and when you stay focused in that way, then you're able to create multiple opportunities from that singular focus. Yes. Awesome. That's great. Thanks for giving us that. <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> yes, thanks for giving us that. That that was good. Wow. So, you know, I already said at the top of the show that, you know, this is financial as well as um, domestic violence awareness month. So the two causes this month. And I know that they're both, you know, causes that are near to your heart. Why don't you tell us why? You've told us a little bit about finance. So why is domestic violence awareness a cause that's near to you? Yeah. So I talked about that third trauma that I experienced when my ex-husband told me not to come home. Mm -hmm. Um, That was a blessing for me Mm -hmm. because I I had been married for 17 years at that time, and it was an abusive relationship all the way around. Mm -hmm. Um, It was mentally abusive, emotionally abusive, spiritually abusive. Mm -hmm. Uh, physically abusive and financially abusive, you know, so there are instances that I can recall, you know, things that I've had to heal from situations um, on all levels. He was manipulative in terms of the money. Um, I was an excellent money manager, but I did not have control over our money. The control is where he was able to, to, you know, exhibit his abuse by questioning me, you know, unnecessarily and, um, you know, just being overwhelming in certain circumstances, I would go to the grocery store 
And I would go with a list, you know, a list that he had given me because he was very particular about what, you know, I was allowed to shop for. Um, and then he would um, ask me to give him the receipt when I got home and he would question me about how much I spent on, on particular items and I would have to bring him the change, you know, and I mean, it was just, it was a lot of stuff like this. So that's where the financial abuse comes into play. I focused in on that because financial awareness is absolutely key. And that is where the domestic violence and the financial awareness crisscross. Oftentimes people don't recognize that even women who are being beaten, you know, because see, I didn't have a lot of the physical scars. You know, he learned not to put those physical scars on me. Um, he had been arrested at one point in our marriage. And, you know, we I was forgiving. You know, I wanted my relationship to work and we got back together. And um, so even with that, he learned not to 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 hit me, per se. Um, but he was always very threatening. You know, he was uh, just, you know, very uh, his stature and his his intonation um, was very condescending. And um and then even with the spiritual abuse, you know, we were a part of a, a religious organization and he manipulated the the rules, so to speak, of that organization in order to make sure that he kept me in check. Um, and that, you know, because I wasn't as familiar, I followed along, you know, with what he you know, would tell me. Um, and I was I was doing my best to be a good submissive wife, you know, and to support my family and to have a strong foundation there. Um, and I've learned to to not beat myself up about that. Right. Um, but to recognize that, you know, I still I was I was being taken advantage of and I needed to to step out of the situation in order to have that veil lifted for me. Mm -hmm. That was what happened when my father passed away. When I came to the States, the veil was lifted because I was no longer in that abusive environment. So he didn't have the um, the direct control over me. Now he tried to have the mental and emotional um, control over the phone even. And oftentimes when I would have conversations with him during that time, I ended up crying every, not oftentimes, every time. Mm -hmm. Every time I got off the phone, I was, you know, I had either cried on the phone or I would break down after hanging up with him. It was just so overwhelming and frustrating. Um, but I had to take time to, to really build myself up and um, establish my confidence and, and build a, a love for myself through the healing process in order to recover from that. And it's, it's challenging for women to do that when they're stuck in that situation, especially when they have young children. Mm -hmm. so, um, I say the, the, the most vulnerable victims of domestic violence um, are the children, even if they're not directly involved, they are directly involved because if they're seeing their parents fighting and arguing, um, it, it's devastating for them. Um, mm -hmm. For me as a, a mother, it, it devastated my relationship with my children. I have two boys, you know, and they endured that for many years, you know, and so it challenged their respect for me. Um, it also challenged their own um, self-respect because I have one son who, who, you know, verbalized to me, he says, you know, he felt bad because he felt like he should be protecting me, but he was a young boy, mm -hmm. you know, he was a little kid when this all started. And so he grew up in that. And unfortunately he just didn't have a say, you know, and so it's, it's recognizing where the healing needs to be focused, um, taking the time to do the healing and, and being willing to do the work. It's, it's hard to do that introspection. You know, I had to really look into myself and recognize that 
part of what allowed me to be in that circumstance um, was a history of abuse, um, but then also um, looking for rescue, you know? And oftentimes we're taught as women, these female rescue fantasies, you know, yeah. we see all the princesses and, you know, we think we're supposed to be like that, where there's this, you know, knight in shining armor, this prince on a white horse who's just going to come up and save the day. Mm -hmm. What we have to really wake up and recognize is that no one is coming. No. You know, even if we do find uh, a partner in life, someone that we can share our lives with, we have to be present. We, we don't want to be a weight on them and being dependent and saying, you know what, you're supposed to take care of me. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I, you do this and you do that and I'm not going to do anything. No, that's irresponsible. Mm -hmm. you know, so for me, I need to first take responsibility for myself. And if we're having a partnership, then it's I'm coming in 100 percent. He's coming in 100 percent, you know, and then we're able to have a 100 percent relationship, a whole relationship. Right. You know, and that's where to find the balance. Yeah. But the yeah. domestic violence breaks down those layers. And um, and and oftentimes women end up staying because of the financial abuse. They don't have access to funding. Mm -hmm. Their users will often keep access to the, the accounts for themselves. And, and much like what was done to me, question every penny that you have. Yeah. Or how much money they gave you to go to the store with and they know how much change you're supposed to come back with. And why didn't you come back with that? You know, and it's it's overwhelming in a sense because oftentimes the 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 emphasis mm. is fabricated. Mm. <laughs> so it's not even stuff that's real, you know, but mm. it, it's so um it's so consistently, you know, um promoted and so consistently uh, worn down, you know, mm -hmm. in the sense of, you know, they're going to continue to, to, to tell you this thing, you know, that, that you're not, or to teach you in this way or to make you feel, um, you know, unworthy. And, and in that sense, they get you to second guess yourself. Right. You feel like, well, maybe I did mess that up. Oh my God. You know, maybe yeah. I'll need to make sure I don't do that again. The mental piece of it. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the mental abuse and the, mm -hmm. and the toll on our emotions. And that can cause some very serious physical ailments. You know, a lot of that emotional um, turmoil that is internalized, if we don't heal that, if we don't deal with what the, the root of mm -hmm. those issues are, then we see the symptoms surface and then people end up taking medications that are treating symptoms that are not real right because they haven't dealt with the emotional issues yes and, and so they're not you know they're, they're treating these things and the medications are now counteracting against your actual health right, right. So they're breaking you down as opposed to building you up yeah yeah that part right the there vicious cycle yeah wow yeah. and so we have to the first that's why i always say the, the first step is consciousness Mm, become mm -hmm. aware of our circumstances. If a woman knows, or if a man knows, because it's not just women who are abused, right? To become familiar with the fact that we're in an abusive relationship, then that is the first step towards our healing. Mm -hmm. so just become conscious of it. Oftentimes, you you're not going to be able to take steps to to prevent or to overcome it right away. But mm -hmm. just being conscious of it will stir those thoughts and to to start creating in your imagination. How will you get yourself out of that relationship? Yes. Will you get away from that situation? And I I believe honestly that that's what happened with the universe and you know in those 
traumatic circumstances that ended up being the blessing for me. My father had not died. And I say this in the book, I said, you know, my father, um, he, he will never physically know that um, in his death, he saved my life. Mm, that's powerful. Yeah, that's powerful. So to the, to the woman who's out there right now, um, dealing with a domestic relationship of any kind, you know, Kavet just told us the first step is recognizing that there's a problem, recognizing what it is that you're dealing with. So try to be aware of that. Make that your first step in getting out of the relationship that you're in. We cannot stress that enough. I want to say that in this show because we are talking about um, domestic abuse because you are in it by all means, you know, it is not um, a popular or is it glorifying to stay in some situation where you are physically, mentally, financially, any of those types of abuses know that there is help and you can get out. Right. But understand this too, Aaliyah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we oftentimes talk about getting out from the beginning, um, but these women are not in a position to get out right away. Right. You know, it's just you're not. That's the reality. Mm -hmm. you, know, and, and you may have to endure mm -hmm. until you're able to get to a position where you're able to get out. Um, and so in that perspective, my encouragement to them is to do the work to build up their own confidence, mm -hmm. to build themselves up. Um, there are many, many, you know, uh, women's groups for self-esteem, for um, women's empowerment, for education. Get educated. Right. Um, education, you build up your confidence because of the knowledge that you now possess that gives you power. Mm -hmm. gives, power is in the opportunity or the options that are now available to you because of what you know. Mm -hmm. like you don't know what you don't know until you know what you don't know. Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. yeah, I what you don't know, it's like you're blown away because then you realize how much you really how much you really, really don't know. <laughs> at that point, it's it's just about taking those small steps, and right? Self-grace, right? Yes, going through that whole grace is a part of don't, it. Don't and 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 I'm and I would plead with women who have never been in an abusive situation or who are outside of the abusive situations to not put pressure on those women mm -hmm. in the situations where they are, but to love them through that process, right? Because it takes time, and the only way that she will get her strength is through that love and encouragement, not through the browbeating and the mm -hmm. oh, girl, you need to get out, and oh, I don't know why you still with him, and blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. All of that, yeah, that's it's that is defeating, right? And what that does is it actually adds to her uh, the the lowering of her self worth. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. not only does she have her abuser who is eating away at her emotional and mental stability. Um, but now she's got people who are supposed to be her friends and her support and yeah. not really doing or it. not there for her. Yeah. Right. Because they're judging her. You right. Know, judgment can be the most painful of the process. Right. And yeah. understanding that she's judging herself enough already for everybody else. Mm -hmm. She's more judgment. Mm. What she needs is for you to, to raise that judgment off of her, to help her to shift her mindset so that she's not judging herself, but so that she will give herself grace 
and mm-hmm. be able to have hope. Yes. Hope is the only way that the situation is going to change. Yes. Oh, that was powerful. Yeah. And I can imagine that, you know, like you said, you can't always just move immediately. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, now I will say if the situation where it is absolutely life threatening and you feel that your life is in danger, yeah, you know, by That's all means, you have to move. <laughs> you have to yeah. move. Yeah. However, you know, for some situations where you do have to allow the time and the resources to get in place, definitely all those things that Kavet just said, be there for that woman who is needing the love and the support as she maneuvers past this difficult place by all means absolutely yeah because oftentimes you'll have a woman get out of a situation prematurely and she'll end up going back because of her yeah Yeah. that abuser knows how to manipulate her and she because she doesn't feel like she can you know stand on her own two feet she'll end up going back for support Right. You know, and right. if she is not com- built up enough on her own, so she, that's where you got to start building those layers. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Wow. This is, again, this has been so rich. You know, <laughs> we we have been in here discussing, you know, all of the things that Kavet brings from Marimore Life as a financial expert. And then also the reasons why, you know, of course, the Financial Awareness Month as well as Domestic abuse, um, you know, domestic violence awareness month are two causes that are very near and dear to her. And she has shared with us her journey, her powerful, her empowering journey, you know, (laughs) proof that nothing along the way is wasted. And I hope that everyone has just been encouraged and inspired and, you know, um, educated based on everything that she has shared with us here today you can reach tell us first of all what you have going on right now i don't want to let you go without getting to that for sure Kavet. so what do you have going on absolutely um so the big thing that i have going on right now of course you can go to my website at marimorelife.com and you can check out all this stuff because we got a bunch of things so check out the events and you know all of the different initiatives i've got membership plans on my website i've got the community, uh, which is absolutely free to join. You're able to take advantage of some of the services and, and see you know, where you can connect with me there. Um, but the big event this month is my birthday, which is coming up on the 27th. Yay. And I chose this year to celebrate by giving back to my community. So I'm going to be giving uh, money to three nonprofit organizations for my birthday this year. And I would love to have your support through sponsorship and donations, uh, whether you want to come and play golf with us, because it's going to be a golf drive here in PG County. Uh, And um, you can get all the details again on the website. Um, But being able to come and join us, either playing golf or being a spectator, we're going to have, you know, some some nice uh, enjoyment, you know, off the side and being able to watch the golf as well. Um, and so, you know, being able to contribute in that way to these three organizations, one of them is for women in transition um, through domestic violence or returning from prison. Um, another organization is about uh, gun violence uh, education and understanding how uh, gun safety can prevent um, violent death. And then also another one is um, STEM, uh, STEM encouragement for our kids. 
uh, through innovation labs. There's uh, an organization that works to create these innovation labs in our urban communities so that our children who are so bright and beautiful are able to take advantage of the opportunities that otherwise would not exist to them. You know, because of their background, because of the violent neighborhoods that they live in, because of the challenging circumstances that they've come up in, unfortunately, oftentimes they're overlooked but they deserve this attention. And there are so many opportunities available. We just can't keep overlooking it. Awesome, awesome. Now tell us about your new book. Okay, so my new book is Transform Your Mind and Transform Your Money to Thrive. Um, and that is gonna be talking about those uh, the steps that I've taken in this process um, in order to, to find the balance through Mari More Life Mindset and Money Management. Um, I, there are five areas of awareness that I highlight, as well as five areas of money management uh, strategy so that we're able to, you know, be able to have that balance necessary to accomplish the goals that we set for ourselves. First and foremost, to start dreaming again, you yeah. know, to recognize what that looks like and then to be able to put those uh, dreams into place by a plan, by creating a plan, a plan of action. And then when we have that plan of action, even when challenges come up, we're able to either take a detour or reroute or whatever we need to do, mm. like kind of setting your GPS, you know, um, yes. you know with you know traffic or an accident on the road, they give you a reroute to go around it, you know, and you're able to keep going on your journey to the ultimate <laughs> destination. And that's what we have to do in life too. We have to make those adjustments and recognize that change is going to happen. Embrace yes. it and be able to grow with it. Awesome, awesome. And so when that book is going to be launched, you said on your birthday? My birthday, April. Yes. Yay. All right, That's look, what a wonderful birthday gift. <laughs> and she's giving back on her birthday. So be sure to visit her, web, her website. I will have the name um, and how you can get to all of this information in the, description section of the podcast, but her website is Marimore Life, that's M-A-R-I-M-O-R Life, all one word, dot com, and you can reach her at Kavet at MarimoreLife.com, and her first name is spelled K-E-V, as in Victor E, T like Tom, T-E. And of course, she's on social media at I am Kavet and at Marimore Life on across uh, all social media platforms. Kavet, it has been wonderful as usual having you here today on Leveling Up the Podcast. Again, we spoke earlier on Reinvent and Rise, so go over and catch that show, that episode as well. Now, before you leave, one last thing I always leave my uh, listeners with some information, some tools for leveling up is what I call them. Anything at all that you want to suggest. Earlier today, you recommended Closing the Racial Wealth Gap. Who is that book by? That's by uh, Mr. Eugene Mitchell, who's one of my mentors. I actually work with him in the life insurance industry. Okay. Um, that book was written back in 2019. Um, okay. And it's, it is absolutely just one of the most valuable things, uh, tools that I have in my kit, and I still reference it. I've read it twice already, and I'm going to read it again. Oh, um, wow. The, the reminders and the research that he did are so valuable. 
um, in, in, you know, guiding us and in, in leveling up our thinking. You know, that's that's the rising tide, that book yeah. right there. Um, the other thing I would encourage people is to to put in place a routine for themselves on a daily basis to build themselves up. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's four things that I emphasize, which include um, writing in a journal, um, reading some uh, positive motivation, you know, personal professional development, a book, um, likely, or if even if you're watching, you know, YouTube videos for motivation, that's you know, reading kind of like or listening to something on Kindle. Mm-hmm. The other step is to make sure that you're doing some exercise on a regular basis. You know, got to get those happy hormones flowing through. Yes. <laughs> get them going. Yeah. And then uh, making sure that you're taking time for meditation and prayer. You know, that you are giving yourself a moment of peace every day, you know, so that you have an opportunity to to be clear about your direction, your actions, and um, making sure that you're tracking the results. I love that. I love that. Four tips right there to keep you healthy and whole. I yeah. love that a lot. <laughs> Thank you so well, much. Well, thanks again. Thanks so much for being with us today. That ends, ends our broadcast. Again, I will have all of her information in the description section for this podcast. And uh, be sure to go out and follow her on social media and visit the website to see the wonderful tools that she has there and listen out for that book coming up on our birthday. Thank you. All right. So Yes. And never underestimate your ability to thrive. That's it. Ah, wonderful parting (laughs) words. Never underestimate your ability to thrive. The Loft. Welcome to The Loft. Today's guest, Kavette Minor Kane, has a few recommendations for us, a few resources that she recommends we tap into. First, she has four tips for us. One, write in a journal. Secondly, do something that is going to encourage personal development, whether that be something on Instagram, Facebook, or perhaps a motivational tape. Exercise on a regular basis. Be sure to take time for meditation and prayer. She also recommends a resource, a book that she has used um, really kind of as a Bible for herself, written by one of her mentors, Eugene Mitchell. The book is entitled Closing the Racial Wealth Gap. Okay, we've reached the end of the episode. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. As you catch the elevator down, if you feel so inclined, rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Remember, every day is a new opportunity, and it's never too late to level up.